All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sakira of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. We'll talk this half hour about the stock market, about your investments, about how you can make money in the stock market despite what's going on in the world. If you have any questions at all for Walt Sakura, call us anytime this half hour at 330-673-1234. Listening on WNR.com, you can call us toll free, 800 669 100. Well, Walt, once again, uh, the market is a is a, seeing some challenges out there. Everything from from inflation to threats of recession to still recovering from the pandemic to a mad Russian causing a war in Europe. It's all out there in almost unprecedented wall of worry for the market. That's for sure, Bob. And before we jump into that, I just wanted to take a moment and wish a happy Easter and all the listeners out there, a happy Easter um, here in the early part of 2022. You know, it's always important to take moments to remember what's important, uh, to remember our faith, our family, our friends, and uh, slow down for a minute at times. So, you know, the world's been a pretty difficult place the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, we, it's also important to try to remember those that are less fortunate and, and try to do something for those that are less fortunate. So, uh, you know, having said that, I mean, you're right. The world has been a crazy place for investors, uh, you know, since the end of last year. Uh, last week was, it continued, you know, we saw a lot of volatility in the market. Um, you know, the market uh, finished year-to-date on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, we're down 5.2%. Uh, the NASDAQ uh, for the year, we're down 14.7%. Uh, the S&P, we're off 7.8%. And the Russell 2000, uh, the small mid-cap stocks are down about 10.7%. So, uh, you know, we've seen declines, uh, you know, pretty pretty consistent, a little little bit of, you know, the market trying to recover here and there. But, uh, you know, the pressures are definitely out there. And, and you mentioned a lot of them in your open comments there about the inflation, uh, the war continues to go on, you know, the impacts of that war when you think about uh, food supplies, you know, that we we talk about the importance of Ukraine and Russia with food supplies, and um, you know, just just a lot of disruption still happening. And and as we face the balance of the year, we know we're going to have uh, midterm elections, and you know, probably a little bit of uh, the country being you know divided again with some of that. And uh, so you know, a lot a lot of challenges that uh, lay out this year, but still opportunities to make money, still opportunities to be a good investor and think longer term. On that three to five year perspective, we still feel quite confident. Now, these negative returns we've talked about, of course, we're talking anywhere from uh, five to 14 percent down. Now, admittedly, they are coming down from record highs of the last few years, which is somewhat 
uh, I guess reassuring, but in the same, though, no one likes to see these negative returns. It's a tough thing to, to see your, your portfolio go down. What uh, you know? What could you say about this, which really is a part of a normal investment experience? It really is, Bob. You know, and I, I kind of go back to some of my sports background and, you know, think about failure sometimes leads to opportunity. You know, it's, we have to take uh, failure to, to get to success. My, one of my favorite commercials ever was the Michael Jordan commercial where he said, you know, in his career he had missed more than 9,000 shots. He's lost more than 300 games. Uh, 26 times he's tried to take a game-winning shot and missed. And uh, But yet considered probably the greatest basketball player of all time because of the overall career and the long-term uh, aspect of that career. So it's the same thing with investing. Um, you know, there's – uh, we got to keep taking those shots. You know, we got to keep going for the things that that matter and, and continue to be investors. We're going to have some failures along the way. There'll be some investments that we pick that don't work out. There'll be some tough periods of time. Uh, but overall, if you if you think about investing like a career, I, I think there's a lot of success to be had. In fact, there's a, a really good study at the Brandist Institute. If you go out and look at the Brandist Institute, they have a study that's called Death Taxes and Short-Term Underperformance. And they've done a really nice job kind of documenting the fact that, you know, no matter what successful investor you've looked at in the, in the past or, you know, different styles of investing, there's going to be short periods of time. Sometimes it's a quarter, sometimes it's a couple quarters, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's a couple years where you'll have some negativity, maybe some bad performance. But if you stay with the process, if you stay with the discipline, um, you know, that longer term performance will definitely be there for you. And again, that's the difference, you know, between being somebody that's just speculating versus those people that are true investors. Now, let's talk about the other issue that people are really worried about, whether they're investors or not, and that's inflation. The Consumer Price Index at a 40-year high of 8.5% in the last uh, last month. We haven't seen these kind of numbers, as they say, since the 1970s, 1980s, and uh, people are getting upset about this. I mean, we expected a certain amount of inflation when the pandemic started to ease, but then we got the supply chain troubles coming in. We got other issues that include the war in Europe that suddenly have all come together to uh, really push prices upwards, and uh, uh, that's, that's getting to be on people's nerves. It is. I mean, you know, they've, again, heard people talking about the prices of hams here for Easter or the prices of eggs. Um, you know, we're seeing it in our everyday lives, Bob, and that's where it really starts to impact. And you know, when we look at the two numbers last week, the Consumer Price Index and the Producer Price Index, um, a lot of pressure there. You know, like you said, historic highs. We're, we're back to 40-year highs. Uh, you know, consumer prices skyrocketed. That's the one that really affects the individual more. And uh, and, and a lot of pressure is there still because uh, we, we talk about it over and over. One of the key components of that is, is rents. Uh, rents makes about 30% of CPI, and we're seeing rents go higher. And they got a long way to go uh, to catch up with housing prices. Again, through the pandemic, a lot of... Uh, you know, those that owned, uh, you know, properties that rent to people that weren't able to increase uh, rents and weren't able to evict people from, from those properties. So, again, a lot of pressures here uh, in the economy. And then on the producer side, you know, you said it. I mean, supply chain, materials, just shortages, um, you know, fuel costs, uh, all, all those are just impacting uh, prices. And, you know, we, we know we got to battle that. So the Federal Reserve is doing what they can, but a little bit behind the curve. So it's going to be a challenging year with inflation. 
Now, in spite of the inflation, people are still, at this point, uh, spending money. Even if they're spending more of it, they're spending spending it on some big-ticket items, too, that have really gone up in price, like automobiles and and, uh, uh, furniture and vacations. So how long is that going to last before they finally stop spending and let the prices come down? Well, the good part is, you know, consumers were able to get some money in the bank and do some savings through the pandemic. And because people weren't going out and living and, you know, kind of locked up, we we had a little bit of surplus of cash built up. But that's probably being used now, Bob, in a lot of cases. And people are running those savings down. Um, you know, I was out yesterday and it seems like people want to get out. I mean, I was driving around in quite a few places and I was, you know, with all the retail parking lots and, you know, the malls and stuff where it seemed like there was a lot of people out um, enjoying the day, spending some money. And I think that's the trend. People want to spend, but the pressures are going to be there. How far can they go and how long can they go? Um, So we'll just have to see what the balance, uh, you know, point is of that. The other issue is the job market. As we have seen, unemployment rates are starting to go down. More jobs are being created, but we still have a lot of people out there looking uh, to find workers for their for their industry. Uh, Wall Street Journal reported a couple of weeks ago that the Walmart company for truck drivers is now offering starting salaries for truck drivers up to $110,000 a year and offering a 12-week training program, too, to get uh, truck drivers their commercial driver's license, all on the company's dime. So they are really aggressive as trying to get people to get some of the jobs that we just never thought would go begging. Yeah, there's there's a lot of jobs needed out there, Bob. You know, 11.3 million job openings and not enough people to fill them. And, you know, I went on Indeed.com this morning and I just typed in uh, jobs, you know, within 25 miles of Akron, Ohio. There's 45,000 jobs out there. Uh, jobs over $30 an hour, 10,000 jobs out there. You go to Cleveland, you're up to 63,000 jobs. There's a lot of jobs. I mean, if you want to work, uh, there's there's opportunities out there. You just got to try. Let's talk about some of the trends and insights now in the world. And Walt Secura from the AKW Group keeps posted on things that are going on that will ultimately affect the market and consumers' behaviors, if you look at them carefully enough. One of them is a research study from the Edison Research People, but uh, 2021, last year, it said that last year, 57% of Americans listened to a podcast. And that's up uh, from uh, just 48% in 2018. And the uh, age groups are interesting, too, when you look at those numbers. They are. There's a lot of uh, people in that 18 to 34-year uh, age group, about 56% listening to podcasts. And uh, the 55 and over crowd is where there's tremendous growth. A lot of people, you know, uh, tuning into podcasts. About 28% of the country now is listening on average to eight podcasts weekly. Uh, so it's a it's a great way to get information, um, you know, to uh, engage in, you know, listening to more of a conversational type of approach. And I think people are really liking the media and that, the, the, you know, the value of podcasting is definitely showing itself and the popularity and you know, people are definitely tuning in and listening. Including uh, this program, uh, Invest Wisely. You have it on a podcast, too, every week. We do. We take this show, and every week we convert it over to a podcast. We get it up on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google I, you know, Google Podcasts. Uh, we find that a lot of people, you know, would rather listen to it to their convenience. Uh, we typically have the show up either late Monday or late Tuesday, uh, you know, after the Sunday show here. So we're gaining a lot of listeners out there, Bob, and people are still finding some value. We appreciate the work you do on the podcast for us. 
Once again, we're talking to Walt Secure of the AKW Group here in Akron about money and investing and some of the trends and insights he has noticed. Um, since we're getting into the allergy season, once again, people wonder about ragweed and pollen and other weeds that are out there. What's interesting to know that according to Real Estate Witch, Denver has the best weed city in the United States. Now, I'm really hoping they're talking about weed as in dandelions and things, or are they not? <laughs> We're talking about marijuana here, Bob. Yeah, ah. so Denver definitely has been, the Mile High City has claimed that title, and a, a lot of uh, cities out that way in the West, uh, Sacramento, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, all make that list. Um, and it also is interesting, too, uh, they did a little correlation study with the number of Taco Bell restaurants in those areas, which tend to be a little bit higher. Uh, all pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I I find that interesting, Taco Bell and, uh, and uh, people who smoke pot. I don't know. But maybe so. You get those munchies and you got to get them right away. And you know what the uh, Taco Bell says, come on right down. We got it right for you really quick. There you go. Late hours. <laughs> yep. uh, also, research by the Interactive Advertising Bureau shows that online advertising is, of course, still booming jumping over 35% in just the last year, $189 billion in the United States as marketers continue to uh, try to chase consumers and find them where they are, where the people are spending the most time. Uh, of course, this is at the expense, in many cases, of traditional advertising outlets, such as broadcast and print and other, uh, other areas. But it's out there, it's a reality, and it is growing. It really is. Bob, I mean, we see the popularity, you know, people with their smartphones spend tremendous amount of times there. It's where their eyeballs are, and that's where marketers want to go. So they, there's a lot of investment opportunities in digital advertising, um, you know, and again, a very, very rapid growing area. I think marketers like to have metrics, you know, it's a, a certain types of advertising, you know, you rely on the mediums to, you know, give you a kind of statistics and into your reach and your penetration, the frequency and so forth. But uh, with online advertising, you get pretty real-time data, you know, for us, you know, we see, like, talk about the podcast, as soon as somebody clicks on it, we know, who, we know somebody clicked, we may not know who it is, but uh, we know what area it's from, you get those, those metrics really, really quickly. Um, and I think marketers really like to have that data so they can make better decisions with the money they're spending. Again, we're talking to Walt Secura of the AKW Group about stocks and investing here in 2022. And time to talk now about individual stocks in our Stock Talk segment of the show. If you have a stock that you're concerned about, you want to hear more about, maybe you're thinking of buying it, you own it, you might think about, is it time to sell, or is it something out there that you're just intrigued with, uh, give us a call. Find out what Walt Secura thinks about that stock at 330-673-1234. And again, on WNR.com, you can call us toll-free at 800 6694100. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Morning. Uh, the uh, I heard on your news, my wife's threatening to take my keys away. Uh, I heard on your news station last night that uh, Lucky Charms, uh, there's a problem with contamination. So the, there goes my General Mills stock. And then Wing, then Wingstop, they've got uh, bird flu problems. So some of my consumer staples, uh, we're under pressure here, uh, Walt, but uh, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, what about a portfolio of just spinoffs? The, have you ever studied, has there been a study anywhere? I've been looking over this for a week. You know, the United Technologies spun off Carrier, Otis, and uh, Raytheon, and Ingersoll Rand spun off 
train technologies, DuPont spun off International Fragrance for, and also Chamours. And a lot of them, you know, there's, uh, well, your Chrysler spun off Ferrari and poor, uh, Volkswagen spun off Porsche. Abbott Labs did uh, AbbVie. Yum Brands, Yum China. Mm-hmm. Really, the income spun off Orion Office and Pfizer spun off Zoetis and Viatris. Have you ever seen any uh, on Merck, Organon? Have you ever seen, what about a portfolio, once they spin off, uh, acquire some of them and hold them for a long time? Have you, has anybody done any studies? This looks like uh, could have some long-term uh, opportunities. Have you ever seen anything on that? Yeah, it would be, be interesting to look at, Ken. I'll take a look and see if I can find any studies that were done there. I have a lot of different resources, both academic and, and institutional from the investment side. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of times companies spin off other you know parts of their company because they want to unlock the potential of what they think is there. Uh, they feel that the separation, you know, the pieces, parts, trading separately will give a – a premium valuation to the shareholders. Um, sometimes, you know, companies do spin off things because they want to get rid of them. And you, know, you had one this last week with AT and T and the Warner Brother. You know, the Warner Brothers Discovery. You know, they they finally spun that back out after purchasing it. So we'll see. So some of them work. I think there's other ones that you know don't work as well. But uh, it'd be interesting to take a look at that. What about Scott's Miracle Grow? That looks pretty uh, interesting since it's planting season. I was at the garden center and everybody's still loading their basket up with with uh, mulch and all that stuff. Be, yeah, we own that. Our small mid cap portfolio, we like it. We we like Scott's Miracle Grow here at one thirteen. Or it was we were what when one thirteen we were trading what uh, two fifty four back in two thousand and twenty one. So it looks like uh, got a pretty good valuation here, trading at fifteen times earnings. So we like Scott's a lot. Okay. Well, you guys have a good week. Thank you. All right, Ken. Take care. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234 on Stock Talk with Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron to, again, invest their clients' money in individual-owned stocks and custom-made portfolios designed just for the needs of every particular client. Earnings season. Kicked off last week, the first wave of companies are reporting from the first three months of 2022. We always like to see the big financial companies that are quickest to report. And what do we see from those uh, folks in the early days? Well, we saw J.P. Morgan Chase kicked off the quarter. They had nice profits, um, you know, BlackRock, Hick Expectations, Citigroup, Goldman, and Morgan. Uh, they they were lower profitability. Um, Wells Fargo kind of whiffed. They, they kind of had a... A bad quarter, so it was a it was a mixed bag um, overall. I think you know people are looking forward, thinking with rates rising and mar- you know margins should continue to improve with the financials, but uh, still a lot of pressures out there on the on the financial companies. Now, J.P. Morgan is one of your core equity portfolio long term holdings. Uh, again, looking at the results more closely for the first quarter, are you still going to be a long term investor of J.P. Morgan Chase? Yeah, J.P. Morgan is one of the largest and most complex financial institutions out there, Bob, with over $4 trillion in assets. You know, they operate in four different segments with uh, consumer community banking, corporate investment banking, commercial banking, and, you know, their asset and wealth management divisions. But, uh, yeah, their quarter, you know, again, a little bit a little bit of challenges in there. Kind of, kind of came a little better than expected, but strong dividend yield here, 3.2%. They've grown that near 10% the last three years, 11 years of dividend increases. 
Um, we think, you know, if you're going to own a bank, uh, this is the one that uh, I prefer to own. You know, so it's uh, best in class and, uh, you know, very strong bank and led by Jamie Diamond, who, uh, again, has a great reputation out there as far as a banker goes. So from, from our end, we, we like J.P. Morgan here and we continue to be a, a, an investor. Delta Airlines, which is not a holding in any of your portfolios, reported it last week. And, of course, like any other, all the other airlines, they were under extreme pressure during the COVID pandemic and the travel disruption. Now they got higher fuel prices on top of that. How did the results at Delta look in any of the airlines you're looking at? Well, you know, they, they showed some revenue growth, but at the same time, they also struggled with profits for the quarter. Again, still not getting back to profitability. But, uh, you know, you're talking about one of the largest airlines in the world and I think with some of the disruptions with some of the smaller carriers like Spirit and, um, you know, I think uh, Frontier had a lot of disruptions, especially down in Florida a few weeks ago. Uh, people are relying a little bit more on these big carriers. Uh, demand since President's Day has been very strong. They made comments. Of course, they're facing fuel prices that are 33% higher. But I, I think it shows, you know, some recovery there. People want to travel. People want a vacation. Um, I think the trends are there for some recovery with uh, some of these bigger airlines. Another company that reported in the another large tech industry, Taiwan Semiconductor, had their first quarter report released last week. And again, it's not a stock that you own, but it may give us some idea where these large tech stocks are going to go during this market and uh, whether or not the, they continue to be a good investment. Yeah, well, Taiwan Semiconductor put up a phenomenal quarter, a 35% revenue growth. They did $17.1 billion over $12.7 billion. They had a 43% profit growth. Uh, again, you know, this... Uh, uh, stocks traded down uh, with all the negativity, the you know, with the war and the smartphone outlook, and uh, just the general worries about ship shortages. But uh, trading at ninety-eight dollars a share, probably, probably twenty times earnings as you look forward to two thousand and twenty-two, uh, looks super attractive here. But I, I think this is what's happened to a lot of these big uh, cap tech stocks, Bob. They've gotten weaker in price, but they're still putting up really strong numbers. That's what gives us confidence as we look forward with some of these big tech that uh, they're really, some of them look like they're a little bit of bargain opportunities here and good entry points for those that don't own. So do you think that uh, you as AKW Group may be going into some of these tech stocks now? We own a few, you know, but Taiwan Semiconductor's been on one on my list. And, you know, I always look for entry points like this. It definitely has uh, my eyebrows raised and my attention at this point. Another financial news last week, not related to earnings reports, but certainly making the headlines. Once again, Elon Musk, the uh, richest man in the world, they say, the maker of the Tesla electric cars, has made another offer to buy the uh, Twitter social media company and take the company private. But the Twitter board quickly turned down a $43 billion offer for the social media uh, platform. Uh, when, do you, when do you think about Elon Musk and his uh, apparently uh, ego-driven desire to uh, to take over Twitter? Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch. And, I mean, he put up a pretty solid offer for $54 a share. The stock's trading at 45 now. Um, it's, uh, she said it's a $43 billion valuation based on his price, and the stock's trading at $34 billion in the marketplace now. I think the Twitter board was quick to say there's way more evaluation and potential there, and you know, the stock's just in an inflection point. They they don't want to lose control here and see the company take you know, being take private. They adopted a little bit of a poison pill, uh, you know, move last week where 
some of the existing shareholders have the ability to kind of level up, you know, if uh, Musk continues to buy shares. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I think uh, free market system, this is what it's about. You know, when an investor sees opportunity and feels the company hasn't been run well and it's undervalued, they're, they're, well, you know, they can make an offer and try to buy it. And that's what Elon's trying to do. So we'll see how it all plays out. In this, in this particular kind of incident, we've seen this before where it seems to be there's a lot more of an ego thing here for Elon Musk than just actually looking at a at a company as a as a good investment or as a possible turnaround or maximize profits. It seems to be a lot driven by by him and his personality. In those kinds of instances, have they really ever panned out to be great successes for, for shareholders or do they usually end up uh, basically crashing and burning or just disappearing because uh, they, they really aren't looking at the fundamentals of the business. They're looking at things to assuage their own uh, own uh, you know personality or their own uh, ego desires. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it, you could debate that. You know, I think you could go to somebody like Steve Jobs and say that's probably one of the strongest entrepreneurs who has definitely had a huge ego as well. And you know, we revere Steve Jobs at a whole different level. I think you know, uh, people that are great leaders uh, are you know they they're polarizing figures. Um, they're not trying to make everybody happy. They they know what they believe, and they go hard at what they want, and they use the free market system to do that. So uh, you can debate it. You know, some people, it's, again, very polarizing figures. Some people aren't going to like it. Other people are going to love it. Uh, but that's what makes the United States such a great place. Another big thing last week, we already mentioned AT&T closed on the spinoff of their Warner Brothers Discovery Entertainment Division, now trading under the symbol WBD. That includes the Warner Brothers properties, uh, the Turner properties, uh, um, the Discovery Channel, and all their uh, sub-properties. Was this a, again, it was kind of dumb that AT&T bought it to begin with, I think. Is this going to be a good thing? Do you think this is going to be a, a good stock to look at and, uh, and monitor? It could be. I mean, I think, you know, AT&T maybe was just a little bit outside their circle of competence, got a little too big, unwieldy. They couldn't really get the focus on it because you're trying to run really two totally separate companies. So I think by packaging up the media and, and you know, the broadcasting and so put it into one division under WBD, the Warner Brothers Discovery, is uh, probably a good move strategically. And now you got two companies trading out there, you know, AT&T with a little bit more focus and, and WBD, you know, the Warner Brothers Discovery with focus as well. And uh, it's all about execution, Bob, and business. Um, you know, great ideas, again, it's, it's, you can have them, but you got to be able to execute. Do you think that Warner Brothers Discovery now being on its own could, uh, again, itself be a, another possible acquisition for one of the other media giants like, like Disney? It could. I mean, you know, you look at what this company brings together, you know, 74 million uh, viewers, 22 streaming subscribers, the HBO Max property, the Discovery property, you know, some of, like you said, a lot of the Turner assets. I mean, uh, definitely could be attractive for, for another, you know, player that might uh, think that some synergies would be through an acquisition. We'll see how that, see how that goes as well. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secaro of the AKW Group here in Akron. They're affiliated, of course, with the Robert W. Baird Company, which gives them access to a lot more than just investment services, but private wealth management. They can do uh, tax reviews, estate plan reviews, uh, Roth conversion analyses. Uh, they can also work on, on tax problems uh, with uh, their associates there and other accountants. They can do a lot for their clients other than just invest money. So keep that in mind when you think about uh, going to someone to not only take care of your money and invest it, but also give you some of the other services that you need.
in the world of money and the handling of it in today's world. Uh, one more quick comment if we can get in about, about bonds. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, so what are I-bonds? How does one learn more and even get invested in them? Well, you can call us, Bob. These have some pretty big rates uh, They because they adjust for inflation. You can call our office, talk directly to Kevin. Uh, Kevin there uh, has some information on these. Tre- these are bought Treasury Direct. Uh, they're not bought through our company, but we can definitely give you some information here. Um, you're limited to $10,000 per person uh, buying them. But again, there's, there's some pretty high rates here that you, you can't find out there in the marketplace because of the inflation adjustments. Um, the website looks like it was made back in about 1987. It's kind of hard to navigate, but again, uh, these would be very much like the old E-bonds, E-bonds, H-bonds. Uh, so the I-bonds are out there and some pretty nice rates. So give uh, Kevin at AKW Group a call about I-bonds at 234-466-7476 here in Akron, 234-466-7476. So Walt, what about next week? reports, Bob. We're in the heat of it now, so we're going to be working hard. So again, you can talk to Walt Sakira or any other people at his offices about, about their services, about how they work with their clients, find out more about I-bonds, give them a call in Akron at 234-466-7476 or in Pittsburgh, the Washington, Pennsylvania office at 412-480-5090. Tell them you heard them on WNIR, Kent Akron. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. AbV Inc., symbol ABBV. Abbott Laboratories, symbol ABT. Algion PLC, symbol ALLE. BlackRock Inc., symbol BLK. Citigroup Inc., symbol C. Carrier Global Corporation, symbol CARR. Shamor's Company, symbol CC. Delta Airlines Inc., symbol DAL. The Walt Disney Company, symbol DIS. DuPont de Morris, symbol DD. Ferrari, symbol R-A-C-E. Alphabet, Inc., symbol G-O-O-G-L. Goldman Sachs Group, Inc., symbol G-S. International Flavors and Fragrances, symbol I-F-F. Ingersoll Rand, symbol I-R. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, symbol J-P-M. Merck & Company, symbol M-R-K. Morgan Stanley, symbol M-S. Realty Income, symbol O. Organon & Company, symbol O-G-N. Orion Office, symbol O-N-L. Otis Worldwide, symbol O-T-I-S. Pfizer, Inc., symbol P-F-E. Porch Automotive Holdings, symbol P-O-A-H-Y. Raytheon Technologies, symbol R-T-X. Spirit Airlines, symbol S-A-V-E. Scott's Miracle Grow, symbol S-M-G. Spotify Technologies, symbol S-B-O-T. Stellantis, symbol S-T-L-A. AT&T, Inc., symbol T. Taiwan Semiconductor, symbol T-S-M. Tesla Inc., symbol TSLA. Train Technology, symbol TT. Twitter Inc., symbol TWTR. Yum Brands, symbol YUM. Yum China Holdings, symbol YUMC. Frontier Groups Holdings, symbol ULCC. Viatris Inc., symbol VRTS. Volkswagen AG, symbol VWAGY. Warner Brothers Discovery Inc., symbol WBD. Wells Fargo, WFC, Wingstop, WING, and Zoetis, Inc., symbol ZTS. General Mills, Inc., GIS, Walmart, Inc., WMT. Please note that Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from J.P. Morgan Chase, symbol JPM, 
Realty Income Corporation, symbol O, AT&T, symbol T, in the past 12 months. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by Delta Airlines, symbol DAL, Goldman Sachs Group, symbol GS, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, symbol JPM, and Wells Fargo Company, symbol WFC, for non-investment banking securities-related services in the past 12 months.